The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. Hello, my name is Dan Resnick. I'm a neurosurgeon at the University of Wisconsin and live in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, my name is Mike Wang. I'm a neurosurgeon at the University of Miami in Miami, Florida. Hi, Mike. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, what we're uh, talking about today is really some of the work that you've pioneered uh, in terms of the um, enhanced recovery after spine surgery uh, type stuff. I was wondering if you could maybe just give us a quick thumbnail sketch of, of the background of this type of effort and maybe some, some, of the, uh, some of the things you're doing in particular to try to uh, promote uh, the use of such technologies both at your place and then also on the national scene. Well, thanks, Dan, and thanks for having me here at NAS in 2019 here in Chicago. It's been a great meeting. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I will never forget the meeting when we were talking about ERAS, and I think it was like five years ago, um, and, and we realized that it was the perfect setting because NAS, being an interdisciplinary spine-focused organization, is the perfect venue with which we can address this concept of enhanced recovery. And if I look at the Western Europeans that have started this, uh, say, in colorectal at its origins, the idea was to... A, track the patient through the surgical journey from the beginning to the end, not just the surgery, uh, all the way to the end of recovery. The second is to be focused on improving that, which is to you know, basically try to make life easier for them, less pain, quicker mobilization, less cost, less hospitalization. The third aspect was that it had to be interdisciplinary. It's not really technique driven. It's not like minimally invasive spine surgery. It's like, how do you make all spine surgeries you know, better, right? And the last part is it's an iterative improvement program. Uh, so that, that means that you kind of study it, you change it, you tweak it, you study it again. And the interdisciplinary part was especially relevant to NAS, being as how anesthesia, physical therapy, nursing is all involved in the society. Yeah, I agree. We, there was a very good uh, presentation uh, yesterday uh, from um, the group in Michigan uh, showing that for every 30 feet that a patient walked uh, immediately after surgery, that they, they could predict a third of a day decrease in length of stay. And uh, I, I guess the question is, you know, that's, that's an association. What, what sort of things do you think that we can do during the either preoperative, operative, or post-operative period to encourage earlier, early mobilization and, uh, and a, and a um, uh, more rapid and pleasant experience for the patient in the post-operative period? So that's a great question. I would tell you, again, if we look at the parallels in ERAS and other surgical fields, and, and there are many, the most recent is in hip and knee surgery, mm -hmm. um, there are many factors that go into trying to get people to recover quickly from surgery. And I'll just make the emphasis on this not being sort, sort of technique related. In other words, one of the core tenets of ERAS is that you can take ERAS to any country in the world. And so it's not like I've got a special technique or widget, right? And right, because that can always help you, right? right? It's, a, it's a generalized pathway that's iterative that you adopt to whatever you're doing, right. be it deformity surgery, be it MIS, uh, discectomies, endoscopic, you know, whatever, right? Right, exactly. And so it's a philosophy. And I would tell you that the, the core basis of it has something to do with less physiologic or homeostatic disruption of the patient because surgery is very traumatic. And anything you can do to reduce that physiologically or physically is helpful. Good example is, um, you know, carbohydrate drinks before surgery. So mm -hmm. we are so used to keeping people MPO before the operation and then feeding them later. But, you know, in ERAS and colorectal, for example, they're giving people carbohydrate drinks, you know, shortly before surgery and shortly after. And I don't know what the exact parallel will be for spine surgery. I think it's more focused on pain control and physical therapy. But 
that's what the research effort's going to be in, and the international ERAS guidelines are going to be coming out hopefully in 2020, mm -hmm. uh, out of, out of uh, the U.S. and Western Europe. But I think groups like Michigan, I know Shiraz Qureshi at uh, HSS is right. doing work, uh, Neil Malhotra at UPenn is doing great work, and we've been trying ours, and I'm sure in Wisconsin you have your own programs as well that are successful. We do, and, and things work differently in different places, so not everything that works well in our place would necessarily work well in your place, because we have different patient populations, diff different procedures. But just, we, we've been talking sort of about the, you know, 30,000 foot view uh, to some extent. Any, any uh, uh, concrete tips uh, for those who are you know, routine spine uh, practice, looking to, in, what sort of things can they do to incorporate this in, into their everyday practice? Yeah, I think that the team building aspect is critical to ERAS. I'll give you an example. We're launching our new order sets uh, this week for spine surgery. And what it did was it brought together the nursing care, the physical therapy, um, and the doctors. And, and if you look at something as simple as like, when do the physical therapists see the patient? They see him once or twice a day. Right. Is it coordinated with nursing or done independently? Are they medicating people before they have their therapy? These as you know, you see every day someone tries to get up with therapy, they didn't get their pain meds, so then they didn't walk, and the therapists don't come back that day. Right. right? And, and those are very, very simple administrative aspects of ERAS without even getting the physiology. That's human resources, right? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, trying to coordinate uh, the different caregivers uh, to, so that the, uh, the overall treatment plan makes sense is important and probably one of the hardest things to do. And I, I think you're, you're absolutely correct in the uh, concept of team building and, uh, and um, better communication. As we heard at the uh, talk yesterday about the symphony orchestra, you know, having, to, uh, having to have professionals do their job uh, at the right time uh, is, a, is, is a key component. You know, if us, for us as spine surgeons, certainly, I think, you know, you think of yourself as the conductor or the center of all this, and I think that is important that there's ownership. In many fields, uh, other people, other, other specialties, I should say, have taken the lead, whether it be anesthesia or uh, physical therapy. I think that, that we will not know exactly what's going to work best for spine yet, but I think at least at the outset, I think spine surgeons should take the lead. Any, uh you mentioned some upcoming uh, guidelines uh, for the use of ERS uh, uh, coming out. Uh, any, any insights into what we might be able to expect from, uh, from, from that? Yeah, I think that I'll give you a very simple example of where this, the rubber meets the road. There's a lot of controversy in, say, lumbar fusion as to whether or not you should be giving um, anti-inflammatories, right. Celebrex, stuff like that. And, and this is a point at which you'll probably see that the literature shows that it's probably not terribly harmful and there probably is a lot of benefit. In terms of whether people will really adopt that or, or not, that's a personal choice, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that, that when you see the guidelines, you'll see many aspects where evidence is lacking. And I would issue almost like a clarion call to our NAS membership. This is an opportunity. If you look at, as, as I think you taught me this when I was a yeah. fellow, you look at any guidelines and it, it gives you the guidelines, but it almost tells you where to do the research next, right? Yeah, whenever you see an inconclusive uh, inconclusive uh, conclusion, it's like easily published paper. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, so for the people listening, think about that. And not just in America, ERAS should be translatable in Australia or Denmark or Japan. Yeah, and I, I think the other message is that you don't have to be doing MIS surgery through through a tube or endoscopic stuff. These these same principles can be utilized for any type of uh, spine procedure, any type of spine patient. Um, that where, where there is some sort of intervention, uh, intervention performed. That's exactly right. So I, if anybody who's interested in this, I encourage you to look at the hip and knee literature. The guidelines are going to be published, I believe, at the end of this year. And uh, it's going to be an act orthopedic, I believe. And so if you look at hip and knee, they share some of the problems we have. It's not exactly like spine surgery, but it's more similar than, say, uh, colectomy. Right, right, uh, just in terms of the patient populations and who we're treating and such.